Don't you want to live like you've already lived? This is a quote from a song called Get Busy Living by a South African electro artist named Goldfish. Not just a quote, but the music is brilliant. So if you don't have to do something these days, which I'm pretty sure about, I recommend you to check it out. It's worth it. So you might have noticed that something is different today. Well, obviously, the language has changed, and this is due to a very good reason. As the COVID-19 pandemic is still going on, I thought it might be interesting to have a look not at the German situation, but to talk to people who are living in different countries. And this episode is not about numbers or statistics. It's about how life has changed all around the world. So I asked a couple of friends to join me in a little talk. You know, in Germany, there's a saying, <laughs> which is very popular among the youth, called with flex. I think this is very suitable for this kind of statement, because some of you might actually think, damn, where does this douchebag get to know people from all around the world? Well, the truth is that I'm lucky. Due to Plan for the Planet and a couple of student exchanges, I was pleased to get in contact with these inspiring, intelligent and funny people. I can't say how much I appreciate these opportunities. I really wish everybody from the bottom of my heart to be able to make this experience on your own. So I would say that's enough soap opera for the moment. Uh, let's get into it. Our first destination will be a country which is definitely on my bucket list. May I introduce you to Matteo from Medellin, Colombia. ¿Cómo estás? Bien, ¿y tú? Estoy muy bien, gracias. Ay, me alegra mucho. Qué bueno escucharte. <laughs> okay, Matteo, uh, how does your life look at the moment with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic still going on? Um, okay, at the moment the country is pretty closed. Uh, since three months we are in quarantine, so is one of the first countries to take these kind of measures in the whole region, in the whole Latin America. And yeah, it has been quite complicated, especially for economics. So many people have been losing their jobs. And yeah, so that is another kind of crisis. The country is trying to manage it, to deal with it. But for example, Medellin is like, one of the most um <laughs> colombian speed race over there i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah very colombian motorcycle <laughs> okay uh yeah medellin is one of the most strict cities in the whole country with the measures so the city started before the others and even if we have a lot of cases of positive covid is the city with the lowest deaths so it has been like using technologies and a lot of things to, to control it. Uh, and it is also the first city in the country to start uh, reopening things like shopping malls, commerce, um, public transportation in, in general. So it's, it's like being kind of example for the rest of the country. So right now we're still in quarantine. But I know you're studying uh, at the university. <laughs> so do you have uh, some kind of... Uh, home homeschooling um, process or going on or something yes uh, I take classes I study political science the university so uh, I have two semesters left before I graduate so right now I'm looking for my internship that's supposed to be next semester but now it's not going to be possible so I will take the last courses last classes and then next year internship so that's one of the things I'm doing, uh, sending some emails, checking some websites, some opportunities, but also for sure the university. So actually this week I had the last final test of the semester. So I'm kind of free. 
<laughs> and what is pretty interesting is that during the quarantine, my grades improved so well. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's because I have much more time than normally than, as usual. So, yeah, normally I also work because I have my own company on tourism, so I'm pretty busy with that. And of course, sometimes there are many events in the city, like some conferences or workshops or I don't know, like a art exposition or those kind of things. So, so there is always something to do here. And yeah, I try to, to, to go to those things too. So yeah, I mean, I, I pay attention to the university too, but normally it's like very average. But during this time that I have no, no choice, it's, I have been improving so well. So <laughs> at least I proved myself that I could be a better student. So... <laughs> I'm happy, and my teachers were surprised. So yeah, kind of, kind of good, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. But just have a look on the opposite side of uh, this situation in Colombia. I ju just saw, um, like, a couple of minutes ago, a photo on Instagram uh, from some ca uh, some city in Colombia where uh, people wave with r red pieces of cloth and. Um, you know, T-shirts out of the window. What does that mean? Oh, yes. Um, as I was telling you, like, the economical crisis, it is one of the major problems. So as many people have been losing their jobs in Medellin, we're talking about, like, I, I was reading 15% of the population is with no jobs right now. So it's a lot. That's impressive. And this is a country of informality. So there is millions of people that work in informal jobs. It means, uh, I don't know, a, in a barbery or doing some stuff, selling fruits or working in informal construction, these kind of things. Yeah. And these people survive because of the daily incomes, right? So they work today and they receive a payment at the end of the day. And then with that, they can continue. They buy the food for a day and they pay the rent for the night like that's the reality of thousands of colombians and definitely for them it's extremely strong because there are not savings and the support of the state is still very low compared with the necessities so the people without shirts or the people that put red shirts in the windows or the streets it is a way of protest telling that for example the red shirts or red flags means that um, they are disturbing, so starving, so yeah. they're hungry, mm, and uh, it's pretty delicate. So there has been some help supports from like donations and those kind of things, but I don't see that's a real solution. So definitely this crisis has been making us rethink and notice about many problems that we just consider them normal and they worked but actually they don't work yeah. so they are very weak and yeah that's the reality here too so you talked about um, that your government is trying to support those people who are suffering from this crisis the most um how would you say in general um how would you say is your government handling this situation there is the government putting money in these in these uh, social levels, for example, with um, some economic benefits, uh, 
with um, food for some days, paying, um, not asking them to pay, for example, the water or the electricity uh, bill or um, the people that is living in, in a room and they pay per days, for example, or per month, whatever, uh, they can't be put out by the owners, by the house lord, so it's like a rule, but that is also complicated, so it doesn't work like that, because one thing is the rule, another one is the reality, at least here, and yeah, so they are also decreasing some taxes, they are paying some, like 50% of the minimum uh, wage of of the workers, to support also the small companies, but also the big ones. So yeah, it's like those kind of um, subsidies. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose there are much, much some other things. There are some social programs like Familias en Acción, Jóvenes en Acción, and some others. But uh, yeah, still is like I don't know. I think the problem is much bigger and. Right now, definitely, it has to be solved like that. But I think Colombia has to think in the long term in a different way. We need to solve real problematics from from the roots. And it means like poverty, inequity, not uh, infrastructure, not electrical connection to many houses or uh, um, fresh water. So all these challenges has to be solved. And... That is the real thing we have to think about, not only to give some money for some months that at the end is not really going to work yeah. if you still uh, don't make solutions from the beginning. For sure. Yeah. So um, at this uh, at this point, all the best for your country in the future, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So let's just get back to the people. I know like uh, the Fuego Colombiano, Uh, which is uh, spreading around the streets of like um, the um, the cities of uh, Colombia. How how would you say are the people um, reacting to the restrictions? Because you said like it's very important for most of the people to have daily income, and do they um, do they keep those regulations in mind, or is it like more okay like the most of them are doing, but um, as Many people said we noticed that quarantine is a benefit only some people can have. Maybe in Germany it's different, but here is like a kind of privilege yeah. for I'm not saying just few people. It's not that little, maybe compared with other countries. Colombia is not in the extremely bad situation as maybe others, but still uh, it is in pretty bad condition. So There is a lot of people that they don't have a house or that they live in a house with extremely bad conditions that can't even be considered a house. Mm -hmm. And maybe with 10, 15 people, two, three families inside of, I don't know, sometimes even in one big room and sometimes in a small room. So imagine that. Um, that's why uh, many people can't just be in quarantine. So most of the people that is following the quarantine is people that can do it. People that have savings, middle class, of course, the high class. Um, but but people that has more necessities for them is almost impossible. They have always to look for a choice because it is, or you die because of coronavirus, 
or you die because of no food. Yeah. So which option? And people, I think, prefer to die with coronavirus. So, so yeah, that's still many people, many neighborhoods, especially the poor neighborhoods, let's say in Medellin, in the main cities, and the poorer, poorer cities and towns in the country that the quarantine there more or less doesn't exist because the people is not really following it. Sometimes, yes, because of the economical circumstances, but also sometimes because of consciousness. So it is like a mixture of both, but definitely there are many circumstances that don't allow people just to stay at home and wait three months living from nothing because not everyone has savings. That is something that maybe other countries really have in their families. So they can save and they can stay longer or they can work from home or whatever. These people don't have it. And this For is example, like, there is yeah. somebody selling food, as you hear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't understand what he's saying. Yeah, he's selling like avocados. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, But what you mentioned earlier, so that people do not have a choice to stay home, like to starve because they have no food or to die, maybe die from Corona. So... This is, I think, the most, uh, so the biggest difference between your country and my country because we actually have a lot of people. I mean, also we have people which are suffering because, you know, their economy and uh, so their restaurants are um, going bankrupt, their shops and so on. This is also existing in Germany, but we have a whole lot yes. of people who are still saying, okay, well, um, screwed, I want to go to a party with my friends and I want to to um, you know I want to live my freedom because I actually have the right to do it I think like this is uh, one of the biggest discrepancies yeah yeah it's because uh, every country has different um, priorities so for example I remember in I think it's in the Netherlands they have been discussing about the importance of its cultures. They should take off the cultures or live in them. So it's like a national discussion. Here in Colombia, we still have <laughs> a long path before we start discussing because of one culture, if it should be or not. Like, it is one of the last priorities for us. It's like almost a stupid discussion if you want to start it here. Discussions are others, water, <laughs> corruption, access to education, payments, uh, violence. Uh, yeah, there are others that for us are real priorities. And it happens anywhere. So it's the same probably in Germany. People is complaining because they can't go party. And for us, going party is like something we definitely know it can't happen. Because, yeah, yeah we are in a big problem. Germany has um, maybe the most um, complete or advanced health system in the whole Europe and Colombia still has a very weak one so if we are aware I think most of us that the system can collapse so yeah. of course we love to party we definitely <laughs> do it's part of us but yeah. it's like in this moment is not possible and is it so we are not really feeling I think most of us that the state is limiting our freedom that actually yes it's happening it's true and somehow is our freedom being limited but we think that normally we are a country that 
don't believe, don't trust into the government, and as, as maybe you do in the north of Europe. So normally we don't believe in the government, but in this case, people try to believe. So yeah. if this is happening, people is like, okay, this must be because of something. This must be real. There wouldn't be a real uh, another option for a government to take such decisions that is are going to affect the politicians so bad in their image. So it's like, okay, somehow this can be true. So let's follow it. I, in this case, I feel we're trusting so much. Not something that we normally don't do. So yeah, each country has different priorities. So for you, maybe it's going to party, and for us, it's, <laughs> it's mostly the people that has no option to, to stay inside of homes, right? And they have no food for day, that day or for tomorrow as well. Yeah. For how to pay the rent pretty big contrast there so i uh, just uh give him one moment i have to be fair to my statesman uh, comrades <laughs> no um because like you know the situation in germany is getting better and obviously you know people are now trying to get back to uh like uh, the status quo in order to earn money back again but yeah. you know like I, i think it's like just really important to keep in mind on how fast things can change you know like but let me yes. just uh, ask another question um because you were already mentioned like people normally don't trust in in the government at colombia that much so um what do you think are the biggest problems colombia has to face dealing with the pandemic in the future um <clears throat> yeah so <clears throat> as i mentioned uh we have to discuss which are the real problems and how to solve them. So definitely one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest problems of Colombia is corruption because this is a extremely rich country. So the country has all the capacities to be even richer than many of the richest of today. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for that, it is needed education. So yeah. we have to educate people. We have to prepare people. So we are countries that normally in the global working division, we have to produce more or less only natural resources. And for example, a country like Germany is a country that has to take those natural resources and giving them an extra value. And there is where the money is. So in our country, we have to be educated only to make a hole in the air and take gold out of it or oil or whatever <laughs> that is i mean yeah you need some kind of talent but it's a very different if you educate your people to think okay let's invest in science in investigation in research uh what we can do with these what kind of technologies we can improve i think japan is a great example they didn't create the computer they didn't invent the car they didn't invent many things but they have the some of the biggest companies of all those kind of technologies because they improve it they invest on it And the same with Germany, you don't have the natural resources, but you produce, for example, cars, airplanes, aircrafts, right? Yeah. Uh, you have a very strong industry that is because mostly of the countries like ours that are just focusing, focused on, on extracting. So if we keep going in that way, this country will never change. It's always going to be a kind of garden where you extract the fruit and you put a garbage. <laughs> and the garden at the end can be cute, but it will be always a garden. So there is possible a change, but it has to start 
from a national plan. National plans are normally created by coordinated people, but also from are coordinated and not grouped or not that grouped government. And then education for everyone. And then we have we can really start improving as a nation and being exemplary and finally score what Colombia is. And <laughs> yeah. So if I start just making a list of our problems, we would need I don't know how many interviews, but <laughs> in general, I think it's that it's like make a big plan of of nation in the long term. We don't have that. Maybe you do in I, I feel you do in Germany. You have a you can change your government, but at the end you have a national plan. Like there is a big idea of where Germany should go. So it doesn't matter which government is arriving or which parliament, the Bundestag, Bundes, Bundestag, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and 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 at the end, everyone is going in that direction, right? And the yeah. new prime minister or chancellor has to follow it. Yeah, they can change some details and they can add something, but at the end, it's a big plan. In Colombia, it doesn't exist. Historically, it has been a country where First, we only had two parties, liberals and conservatives. It changed. But the mentality is more or less still the same. So one party gets the power, and the four years they are in power is only to try to destroy everything the other party did and trying to block them. And then when the other party gets the power, they start doing exactly the same. So every four years, everything changed from zero. And it's like if, if you would press reset to the country every four years. So where are we going to go if there is not a real national plan that we're following? Nowhere. Only to chaos. So that's why I feel national plan is important for, for Colombia. And in that national plan has to be included all of the things I mentioned, but also uh, combating poverty, uh, violence. Um, we have to work with families in Colombia. There is another problem we have here. The families are are weird. I mean, are lovely, but the families are quite weird. It's not a typical mom, father, children living in a house, going to the university. No. Many times it's like only the mom who was pregnant when she was a teenager. And she, I don't know, she has no idea how to raise a baby and she has no education and not even money. So I mean, it's a chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and it has consequences, psychological, yeah. economical, etc. consequences. So family is another topic we have to work on. There are many topics. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted but, to say. I feel like we should do an, an extra uh, uh, episode on <laughs> Colombia, right? So, but uh, first of all, Matteo, thank you very much for your time and um, to have this little chat with me. It was really a pleasure to hear from you and um, to you about the situation in Colombia. I really keep my fingers crossed so um, that the situation is going to improve. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Adios. And um, so it's your afternoon, right? Uh, yes. Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes, vale. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you Buenas very much. Tardes, and uh, bye bye. Vale, un abracito. Ciao. Now I have the pleasure to introduce you to Magda and Paulina from Poland. Uh, Jen Dobre, and how are you? Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> how does your life look at the moment right now? At the moment, they're like um, cancelling most of the projections. Uh, for example, we right now we don't have to wear a face mask um, on in the outside, only inside. 
when you're going to a restaurant or something like that. And um, most of the shops and restaurants, bars and all of that, gyms, cinemas um, are opening, I think, uh, some on the 6th of June. Uh, so I think that really like, like with really little steps, but really um, going back to the, I can say, I can say reality uh, <laughs> and <laughs> normal life. Uh, like for now, um, I'm also hanging out with my friends. We do have um, online school. Uh, so we just have like normal lessons with our teachers uh, on Microsoft Teams. Um, most of our lessons are there. Um, and yeah, I think right now I just feel pretty normal. It's like we're in this quarantine and coronavirus thing for over two months right now. Uh, so I feel pretty good at the moment, actually. <laughs> Glad to hear yeah. that. Magda, what's so, about you? Um, at first, uh, it was okay, but uh, then I, I can tell you because it, it, it's not a secret. Um, my dad had Corona, uh, but he but he's okay now. So uh, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, glad to hear that. Uh, yeah, so I felt a little bit stressed, but now it's okay. The only thing that's hard for me is that I miss everybody, my friends, so much. Um, I'm not able to see them yet. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been uh, like I've seen them a couple of times, uh, but yeah, it's it's not the same. We contact through internet. We have online lessons together, but uh, it's not the same feeling, and uh, I miss them very much. Uh, but actually, I found some time to do other things uh, like uh, exercising yes <laughs> um, maybe i study a little bit more uh, so this situation is not like overwhelming me but um, I, I also try to like uh, find some common sense in this situation so uh, I, I'm not, uh, of course, I'm scared of, of uh, getting infected and of infecting other people, but uh, I just try to be responsible and uh, I try not to panic because it isn't necessary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, <laughs> you ta already talked about like it's a, it's a difficult thing to see your friends. So what kind of restrictions do you have at the moment in Poland? Um, so... Actually, just like Paulina said, uh, our government is trying uh, to uh, remove the restrictions step by step. Uh, so uh, slowly cinemas, theaters, uh, gyms are opening. Uh, and also I think that uh, at the beginning when the whole situation just started, uh, our government uh, like uh, established those restrict restrictions uh, very quickly uh, because we had like um, I don't know 30 or 40 cases of uh, of Corona in our country when 
our schools were shut down and uh, all the restaurants and, and other things. Yeah, but we're slowly getting back to normal. We still have like uh, uh, 200 or, or more, it depends on the day, cases of, yeah. or, of uh, infections. And on the whole, we have, I think, uh, over 22,000. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> For example, the coronavirus cases are like still rising. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, the taking off the restrictions, but also, you know, there's more and more cases because we haven't reached like the peak yet. So, yeah, so it's uh. Yeah, I, I think the, the situation is really, uh, really, uh, y you don't know where you are, right? It's like, uh, yeah, is it the end or the beginning? Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, we, we don't really know. I think that uh, I'm just a little, a little bit scared that if those restrictions are removed too quickly, we can just like return to the same uh, stage and have another wave of those infections. Yeah, so um, you already talked about, like, uh, again, your friends. So uh, you obviously miss them very much. Um, do you have any kind of regulation in terms of how many people can be at one place or so? I don't think so, really. <laughs> right now you can, like, right now not. Uh, you, right now you can do also, like, weddings up to, I think, 150 people. Oh, yeah. crazy, yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, <laughs> There's not really anything like that right now. <laughs> okay, like, you know, pretty big contrast because in Germany, um, so like uh, in a couple of days, you're allowed to meet uh, with 10 people max, but um, oh. with the distance of, I don't know, one and a half or two meters or something like this. So it's like really, we have a whole bunch of, uh, of a whole bunch of regulations you have to keep in mind when you're doing stuff outside. And it's like, um, okay, seems to be a pretty um, liberal uh, way of uh, managing corona in Poland. Okay. I uh, mean, so. we we had some re regulations, for example, in uh, in shops, in supermarkets. There were like uh, I, I don't remember three or four people uh, at uh, per one uh, shop assistant. I think. Okay. But uh, and in, also in churches, there were like up to five or then 50 people. But now, uh, as Pauline said, those uh, regulations are uh, being removed. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh, what to think about it. Because, for example, uh, this is my personal uh, uh, thing. Like I'm turning 18 in a month, and I wanted to throw a super big party <laughs> and uh, invite everybody. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and now I think I'm not going to do that because it's still not too safe. So yeah. probably no party. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have to resign from some things to to stay safe. Yeah. So um. Let me just ask um, a question, which is maybe like a, bit, a little bit difficult to answer, but um, 
just in case you know um, corona is coming back to poland do you think that your country is well prepared so in terms of um, your general healthcare system in terms of uh, how uh, how do the people react to um, to uh, you know like more more um, aggressive restrictions yeah. so I think that like back in the day like the Polish government it's not like oh we don't really care about the coronavirus because yeah. right now it's like that but like back in the days for example I just couldn't leave uh, my own house without my parent for like two weeks uh, so I I couldn't even like go uh, for a walk with my dog so uh, for because of regulation yeah. right yeah yeah oh, okay. exactly so it wasn't like that the whole time obviously but because of the economy and all of that we just have to remove the restrictions yeah. um but i think that our healthcare system it's maybe prepared but i'm not really sure you know it all depends of the people that are working in there uh, but i think that right now um just every country is obviously more prepared than before for the corona what about the general health of your economic in poland uh especially in this uh yeah okay paulina you're already grinning uh, like in this situation in terms of corona not like general constitution but uh yeah i mean um <laughs> I think that our economy is going to suffer the most, <laughs> uh, especially the small companies and businesses because they don't have like any extra sources and extra money. So uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, a crisis. <laughs> um, and we can already see it because the prices are going up. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so, but, okay. uh, and also what's adding to it, I think that uh, uh, we have a drought in our country because like for, uh, now now it's raining, so it's okay, but for like uh, past three weeks or, or something, we had very little rain, so uh, it's also, um, another problem especially for farmers um yeah so. Mm. so i also think that because of the coronavirus our government just doesn't really care about you know other stuff um and for example a few weeks ago uh, the our one of the biggest national parks in poland uh was burning and you know they just were like okay <laughs> Let it burn, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So um, is there... But, you know, you, you spoke about, like, the little uh, companies in Germany. We have uh, um, financial um, support for these kind of uh, workers, uh, which are, you know, because it's like, obviously, it's a problem. You may uh, lose your job uh, if you don't get back to work and so on. So do you have this kind of, uh, yeah. may I call it, social rescue structure in case... Uh, <laughs> this whole, whole shit is blowing up or something? Well, I think that there is something because, for example, uh, my mom um, is a florist, so she has a flower shop and she got some money, but it was like a really little amount of money. So it helped, it helped, it helped her, uh, but not that much. It, it just wasn't enough, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
so of course it's a little bit harder for everyone yeah exactly for like uh, small shops and small businesses in Poland because yeah. I heard you in Germany um get a lot of money <laughs> uh, <laughs> the government. yeah like a lot of more than we for, for sure but also I think that um, uh, like we have uh, elections this year for president so um, I think that pretty much everything that's happening in our in our country at the moment is uh, about elections uh, and uh, it's it's also like uh, because our government wants to find a compromise uh, between those two situations like elections during corona <laughs> um, and uh, yeah it's also very uh, controversial and uh, harsh but we'll see <laughs> So um, let me just ask uh, something about this one. So um, what what about the people in Poland? Are they, you know, supporting the way your government handles these kind of problems? Or is it more like, uh, well, screw it, I want to do party at least with 500 people or something to celebrate my <laughs> birthday? Or what is, like, uh, the situation there? Um, I think that uh, some people are responsible and uh, they obey the rules uh, and the restrictions uh, and they want to cause no harm to others but uh, that, that also annoys me a lot for example some elderly people I don't think they are aware of uh, what uh, corona can do to them uh, because like Teenagers, uh, of course, can get infected and infect other people, but there's a big chance that we will get through uh, this disease without having any symptoms. And uh, when it comes to uh, seniors, they uh, they can uh, like have a serious disease and have some, for example. Uh, changes in their lungs, so it can affect their health uh, in a very dangerous way. And uh, for example, they uh, a lot of them don't wear face masks in in uh, public, uh, or they wear them uh, in uh, inappropriately. So, for example, they have them like uh, below their nose. Okay. Uh, so yeah. 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 Uh, and I don't know. I just, I just don't understand it. But so, as Magda said, I think that um, the seniors have just don't really understand, you know, like how big of a problem it is. Uh, because, for example, I live with my grandma, and she's like, "Okay, it's nothing like that, you know. I don't need a face mask when I'm going for a walk." So she's really old actually and <laughs> yeah he doesn't understand a lot of things normally so when it comes to coronavirus it's like also like you know i talked to someone but um there was a, a distance there were there wasn't a distance between them two but she was like no you know it was only for a minute okay 
something like that all the time. And I also think that people in small villages are also like not really aware of what coronavirus is and what it can lead to, you know, that um, it is like only one people to infect other and other and other, you know, uh, and like they just behave normally. Like I can see that because I live in a small village. So they're just talking to each other like nothing was happening in the world right now. Okay, so I I can see mixed feelings uh, on the yeah. situation uh, in Poland. So guys, thank you very much for participating in, uh, at my little project here and uh, stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, I'm really looking forward to hear from you again, right? So, uh, right, thanks. Bye. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts. We're going to touch down in Spain near the beautiful town of Sevilla. We will have a chat with Miguel and Eduardo to get to know their situation. So, guys, uh, hola, como estas? Hello, hola. <laughs> so, Hello. first of all, um, I wonder, you know, like your quarantine situation is like going on for several months now. How does your life look at the moment? Uh, well, my life is kind of busy. And in these days that we're quarantined, it's like the complete opposite. I stay all the day on my computer and do stuff, <laughs> do my homework and sleep and repeat, repeat, repeat. Okay. It's kind of boring, but you know, you get used to. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Miguel? Oh, well, um, I think it's not an easy question. I think quarantine is um, affecting us a lot, but um, my family is fine. Um, I'm starting seeing things clearer than ever, I think, because of the studies and all that stuff. And good things are happening to me, so... I won't complain. Yeah, okay. So you're kind of uh, enjoying the time without any needs of uh, struggling for school or something, right? Right. Yeah, cool, cool. So um, you talk about your family and um, there's like a point which would, would interest me. How is the situation in Spain right now? So um, will I be able to fly to Mallorca and have party with my <laughs> friends this summer? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, as you may know, uh, we are living, of course, this global pandemic and each situation is reaching new phases with less uh, restrictions. And well, I think, for example, this summer, uh, it won't be the same like others because we have to keep on these restrictions and it's not the same like it has been so far i think that spain is like uh very free and in spain we enjoy a lot our freedom <laughs> so if you restrict us that uh, most of our companies like tourism or uh, restaurants All the things may go off because they don't have any money. Yeah. People in Spain is just like very off the edge most of the times. They are just like, uh, I have money to pay 
this month, but the next month, if I don't work, I can't open. Yeah. So that will be the situation, I, I think. Hard situation. So um, I think that's why, you know, you're living uh, close to Sevilla, a really beautiful town. And, um, and at the weekend, I saw images of um, people uh, demonstrating in front of parliament buildings and uh, sitting in the cars with Spanish flags. And, um, you know, people want to have back their freedom, as you mentioned, Edu. But um, of course, there's maybe a high price to pay. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I think Spain is not a very serious uh, country. Uh, the politics in Spain are just like uh, a play of kids. They <laughs> blame on yeah. each other. And I think that uh, the problem here is that there is uh, a lot of people who follows a party that is blaming the party who is actually government yeah. governing yeah. the country. And this party says that they ha we have to get our freedom back. So people follow mm -hmm. them and they, uh, they do strikes and they, like, they go out in the streets and they do things that aren't quite um, healthy, we could say, because now I, I, I hope not, but it's very, very probably that there will be another peak of contact of uh, coronavirus in Spain because of these manifestations? Well, I think um, this is actually a controversial issue. It's not, it's not easy because um, on the one hand, um, some people think this virus gets weaker with time and it we don't know. We don't really know. And on the other hand, I think um, at first we should trust some scientists and experts because we already know um, that they don't actually have the truth, but they are more likely to be right. So we should we we may lose some money and. The parties are very common here, for example. I think it's sad that um, we have to make some limitations on our lives, but I think it will it will be worth. Well, I would like to make a point with yeah, for sure. about Go what ahead. Mickey said. Uh, I think that in Spain, uh, there is obviously that risk that people get into poverty and they actually doesn't have anything to eat. But Spain is a quite, uh, how to say? Wealthy or? No, uh, there are equal opportunities. Not really, but we could say that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, if you don't have any money, you can go to uh, ONG uh, and get some food or you know, there, there are like sources to get food to eat and places to sleep. But so that's why I don't really see the point in uh, manifesting. So you would say like um, there's a really, really um, strong social, yeah, um, so social structure, which is um, preventing the people in Spain to suffer from this pandemic, even though they have to stay home and which 
also means um, in worst case to do not uh, to not earn any money, right? Yeah. So, for example, um, in Germany, there's um, there are very popular um, um, epidemiologists and doctors who are saying, um, so you know, we have to calm down a little bit. Uh, we have to wait until numbers are released um, in terms of how much uh, infections do we have in our country and so on. So um, is um, and I think in my in my point of view, lots of people are listening to them. Is this like the same case in um, in Spain? Well, uh, you say that if there is some voice of the scientists scientifics that actually people follows, and yeah, I, I think that in Spain there is a quite popular uh, character that is Fernando Simon, Doctor Fernando Simon. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds cool, like in Grey's Anatomy or something. That's yeah, yeah, nice he's <laughs> such a great scientific, and he's. He's done cases like uh, Ebola, and he treated a lot of diseases. He's a very, very good uh, pan pandemic medic. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. Pandemic doctor, yeah. And he goes out on TV every single day and says what he has to say. If he also, he like, puts the blame on some people. Like he says, uh, why are you doing this? I spe specifically said no yeah, like, okay. to yeah. the manifestations. He, the other day said that he was quite mad with the people because our doctors are putting their lives on risk to save us and we are just like throwing into the pool again. So we've already talked about the protests against the uh, um, quarantine restrictions, but uh, you may want to tell me if the Spanish people really followed these guidelines. What is your impression on that? Yes, uh, well, I think um, in my point of view, uh, I think um, people is not respecting um, always these restrictions. Um, it, it's complicated because a relation in general, it's a, um, it's a human condition. I mean, they already know that people has people have to hang out with each other. Yeah, I totally agree with what Mickey says. Uh, but I think that people is, well, I expected people not to respect that much the, the what it, what yeah, have had to be done right. yeah. yeah the restrictions because i've seen people like we were two months in our houses and the people actually were two months in their houses and they obviously uh, like they were getting nervous and anxious mm -hmm. but they stayed at home not all the people obviously that one thing that actually makes me laugh a lot is that the people who are most likely to be uh, done doing the restrictions are the people who are rich and living very big mansions and they say like no no we want to go to our other mansion yeah okay so it's like a luxury problem right yeah like first you have that many houses first world program 
So guys, I really enjoyed this little talk. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. And um, well, I hope to hear you again soon, right? And yeah. take care. You're welcome. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Now I want to talk to Luciano from Brazil. Uh, bom dia and how are you? Uh, guten Morgen. <laughs> uh, very good. Thank you. And what about you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I have to write. <laughs> I'm recording a podcast. so. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let me just ask, uh, first of all, um, how does your life uh, look at the moment with this special situation? Well... Uh, I work at Plan for the Planet in Brazil. Uh, currently, I'm the CEO for the organization here in Brazil. Uh, obviously, all of our activities are suspended until it's safe for everyone to be at schools or in any other places where we can mm -hmm. get together and do activities together. Um, so it's very different because normally at this time, we would be having like, Uh, a lot of academies uh, in yeah. different places. Yeah. I would be traveling to follow, doing yes. follow-ups and meetings and so this kind of stuff. Let me just explain for those who don't, uh, who are not familiar with Plan for the Planet. So academies are basically a concept where we try to encourage young uh, children to, uh, yeah, to stop talking and start planting. Though, so uh, to to plant trees in order to um, to uh, have an effect on with climate crisis, right? So um, sorry for interrupting you. Yeah, good. So right now we were trying to figure out what else can we do to try to help these uh, and further generations to be prepared for the climate crisis that haven't stopped because of the COVID-19. Yeah. So adding to everything that is happening, we still have to face this crisis uh, that we are leading our humanity to. And I hope that people listen more to science after everything is happening, even though I have a press that doesn't <laughs> believe to do that in the near future or any other day after that. We will get to this later on. Like, just um, let me ask you, how is the current situation in Brazil? So if you're looking, you know, there's this tool from um, from the John Hopkins University. And I just looked that you are uh, close to f uh, f to f half a million cases, right? Something like this. Yeah, so, yeah like, we want to overcome the United States. <laughs> see, uh, our president is not very happy with the second place. He wants to be the first place. He wants oh, to crazy. be above the United States. I think that that is his goal. Uh, unfortunately, I say that as a joke, but it's very sad, the situation here, because uh, even though some states try to try to to keep the, the, the social isolation as a tool for flattening the curve, uh, our, presidents, our president and others in other states and governments and uh, positions of power Uh, have been denying this situation in the name of what they call the economy. But mm. uh, I can only assume this obviously because of people that can uh, get to them and say, well, this is bad for our business. We need to get back. doesn't matter the costs because people die every day, as they say. Uh, our president said that, well, people will die. What can we do? Uh, yeah. People die every day. So we need to get back uh, and before we got, the even worse which is the economy 
So uh, that is that is a problem. Even though our scientists and all the world scientists say that we need to uh, ensure that people help us to help the system, uh, he doesn't care. He keep going to agglomerations. He keep going to manifestations. He keep going to the bakery. He keep going to whatever he wants because that that's how he is so there are no restrictions currently applying to uh, the people to uh, in brazil right so you can basically do whatever you want uh. well we have states that are trying to 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 have restrictions uh our supreme court has said that uh governors and mayors have the authority to to improve them yeah so Uh, many states and cities have input them. Uh, so depending where you look at, the situation is more or, or less uh, okay. The thing is that if you're not from Brazil, you that are listening right now, Brazil is very huge. Um, uh, Germany as a whole would be one of our states, uh, is mm -hmm. adding in a territory uh, comparison. So it's very hard to, to impose something naturally because all of the regions have different particularities. Um, and so in, in some states, they're being able to do that, some other not. Some are trying to confront the federal government, some are trying to support it. So depending where you're looking at in Brazil, there are restrictions, like where I live right now, we are under restrictions, but uh, as soon as the next week, probably those restrictions are going to be Uh, loosen a little bit, um, even though our curve is still going up. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, so this would have been my next question. Yeah. So um, do you know, like just uh, in a television, in German television, for example, uh, you can see all the time um, videos from, um, you know, um healthcare system in Brazil that is going to his edge. You know what I mean? So can you kind of confirm that? Is it really as bad as we see it all day in television? Well, once again, it, it depends on the region. Uh, yeah, okay. In the region. So in Sao Paulo, in the state of Sao Paulo, it's not like that. We still have a lot of space for for people to be attended. Uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, health um, campaign. Uh, like Governments have built more Uh, campaign hospitals for people to be uh, attended but like if you go to the Manaus where is the capital of uh, Amazonia uh, you, they already have no more space in hospitals there are mm -hmm. the things there are chaotic even Greta Thunberg uh, recorded a video trying to alert and help us to get the message out uh, because of what is happening there. And a lot of um, communities or like, well, really depends. What, as poorest as it, it comes, the worse is the situation. I okay. think that is a, was a good summary. Uh, so if you go to some states where they don't, don't have that much income or that much structure, uh, yes, things are bad. But in some other regions, we still have space for governments to be negligent as they show they can be yeah so let's just come back to um your president you already mentioned him so just for the people uh, to uh, to explain it um your current president uh Herr bolsonaro right so did i Jair. pronounce it yes Jair. Uh, Jair. okay oh mm -hmm. 
Oh, okay. Like Brazilian way to pronounce. Oh, all right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. So, um, well, we we could say that your president is, um, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. Okay. So, uh, in terms of mm -hmm. climate change, uh, we already uh, spoke about that, um, uh, with Plant for the Planet, um, but um, it seems to be that uh, the the current way how he handles this whole situation isn't that good as well. So. To explain further on, there, there have been demonstration and um, public events where your president appeared without any kind of uh, corona restriction. Uh, so he did not wear a face mask. He uh, did not kept uh, distance. No, what happens is that there's a lot of demonstrations uh, supporting the oh, okay. president's decision to do not impose restrictions of people that want to go against their governors the state governors and say, we support our president and we want the restrictions to be lifted, to be lifted. And, and so those people have been doing demonstrations to try to support this narrative of the president that uh, we don't need more restrictions. We need to get our business back. We need to open malls and open everything else. Uh, so he had been to some of those demonstrations uh in our capital in brasilia uh and also he had been leaving during the weekend to go visit uh uh people's at uh, uh, i know uh, in the streets and, and so on so on so yeah his yeah. argument is that he wants to be with the people uh, as he's their representative so he will be there whatsoever so that's why he wants to go there to see what is their situation. Uh, so it's a very populist uh, narrative of he he's not in the office. He's not locked in the office because he's he's with the people trying to see what the people is suffering. So he's with the person that is selling things on the streets. He's with the person that has no more money because he cannot sell his things because he's an entrepreneur. And so okay. this is the narrative that he's trying to to sell. Then that is why he's not uh, abiding to uh, restrictions. Uh, but even now, well, he got a little bit. Uh, I know I would not dare to say better, but he adapts a little bit. So <laughs> on um, sometimes when he interacts with the media, he appears with masks, and then he takes it off, talks to the media, and put it back. So, so every day in the morning he talks to the media well he does talk to he talks to whoever wants to listen and <laughs> uh even now uh many of the major uh media channels are not attending those events anymore because most of his uh supporters attack the media and even sometimes got violent um on the last demonstration in brasilia uh, a camera person was attacked Uh, while he was trying to do his job doing one of these demonstrations because uh, Bolsonaro always tried to sell this discourse that media is against him. So he's a leftist media. All of the media of the world is against him because he's a leftist media. Uh, uh, it's, it's absurd, but that is what many of his supporters believe in what I think he truly believes because when you are in the far, far, far right, everything is leftist. Uh, yeah. Everything is left. So, 
um, on his perspective, he's right because if he, on the, his perspective, everything is on the left uh, on his discourse. So yeah, the, so this is what is being happening according to the restrictions and our, on the behavior of our of our president. We, we could say it's not how a statesman should behave, right? Yeah, he's not giving an example to anyone. He's just trying to prove that he's a male, white, brave person uh, that will face this crisis with his muscles appearing to everyone who wants to see them. And there is a medicine, the hydroxychloroquine, yeah. that has not been proven to be active at any sense, but Someone some sometimes say that it's effective, and some people are related are, are telling that it's effective because they use and now they're good. So uh, here's he's making the army to produce a lot of those, that medicine, and he's he's truly believing in selling this as a solution to everyone to use it in earlier stages uh, of COVID nineteen or even to try to take it uh, precariously, like uh, Trump said he was taking it. Yeah, so we have to explain as well that chloroquine is a, uh, is a drug which may harm you more than actually COVID-19 does because if you have uh, already uh, existing um, illnesses or diseases, it may harm them way more than without any kind of treatment. You know what I mean? So, and um, you already mentioned uh, Mr. Trump, our, our Twitter hero, Uh, he already uh, gave uh, approval to to um, to healthcare workers to apply this drug to patients in America. So um, diff difficult action from a statesman. But um, let me just uh, go back to another point. Uh, you know, even though you want to save your economy, you could at least wear a face mask or keep distance to the people. Now the thing is with Bolsonaro is that he comes from a place where. Uh, well, it's very hard to, to grasp and to understand uh, truly how he was elected <laughs> because he, to those that doesn't know who Bolsonaro is, he, all of his, uh, all of his children, well, in the age for, for that, are parliamentarians. He was a parliamentarian for 27 years where he had done nothing significant for the country in those 27 years. He became famous because of uh, nonsenses that he had said, or or to or by offending people, or having racist or homophobic um, conducts. Um, so he has been a symbol to fight what they call the the polit. What is what is the name in in, in English? I forgot. Um, The, uh, political correctness, uh, political, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he has been, he has said things that people would probably think twice or three times before seeing it, and so <laughs> many people uh, would identify with that thing because even now, in in the middle of the crisis of COVID nineteen, he's in in a dispute for Supreme Court where a Secret meeting, uh, the full video of a secret meeting with him and his ministers have been released uh, because he's been accused of trying to intervene in the federal police in order to protect his sons of criminal investigations. Okay. And so one of 
well, we already lost two uh, health ministers. Uh, we are now in the third health minister since COVID-19 started here in Brazil. Oh, uh, really? That's, yeah. That's intense. Yeah, that's the yeah. third health minister right now. Um, and this is... Uh, now, right now, he's not even from the area. He's like just another military person because he has been adding a lot of people from the military to his government. So just trying to say that his former uh, minister for justice and security had uh, backed off, had, had asked to leave the government. And as he left, he had made a lot of serious accusations about how he's trying to intervene with the federal police and trying to protect his sons and trying to protect. And so even in, in that, and also it's, it's good to point out that in that two hours meeting, in in a place in time where hundreds, of, where, where thousands of people already have died of COVID-19 and in the middle of the crisis of COVID-19, no one spoke about the COVID-19. Uh, the health minister of that time spoke a little bit of what was his strategy because it was his, I think, first meeting into office with all the ministers. So he explained what would be the strategy. But despite that, they all be talking about how they must to work as a group to defend themselves from the media or to try to talking about the governments, the governors of the states that are trying to, as he said, uh, attack him by putting restrictions. Like he, he's trying to politicize the COVID-19 and the measure. So that's why he's so against restrictions because their their opposition is, is for that. So he, for that, should be against it. So the situation is very complex here in Brazil. Uh, we, we haven't been talking about COVID-19 for the past, <laughs> past weeks because there is a confusion uh, after confusion after confusion after crisis with the government. And now he's, he's threatened in some ways, the Supreme Court, because Supreme Court, uh, as he said, some members of the Supreme Court are acting um, politically instead of acting in a justice uh, way. So let me just ask one final question. Um, you know, here in Germany, I don't know if you heard about this already, um, there is an extremely high rise of conspiracy theories. So for example, there are people who actually believe um, the virus is um, invented by Bill Gates or it doesn't really exist. It's Bill fake Gates. and so on. Yeah, Bill Gates. Really, I, I can send you some links later on. You will be okay. laughing all the day. Okay. I promise you. Okay, so it's like... Oh, so really, China uh, China now is it's, it's, it's innocent. It's, it's Bill Gates. Yeah, 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 for example. Okay. It's like okay. all, all, this, uh, all this kind of thing. And um, that's why, because he wants to vaccinate the people in order to, to implement tiny microchips uh, into their bodies and so on. So like, it's really, really crazy and intense okay. shit. But, you know, you you know the situation in your country. What would you like to tell these people? Well, I hope you don't get it. I hope your family is safe. I hope that you don't come across the situation where someone that you love is affected and someone that you love die because of it. Because why you had the time to think about all of these things that 
obviously if you try to look and see it clearly it's fake while you try to escape reality trying to think on whatever you want people are dying people are suffering and because we don't try to work as a community as a society even more people will die yeah. so i think that we should try to at least for a while to listen what the science say just to see what happens if you don't believe it don't it's on your right you have the right not to believe it but just in the sake of trying to help and try to collaborate for a bit after that you can do whatever you want just for a moment try to to collaborate I totally agree with you. So, Luciano, <laughs> thank you very much for joining me. Um, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. And, uh, of course, stay healthy, take care, and um, hope to see you and hear from you again. Thank you. And just as a final remark, there's a lot of people in Brazil fighting this crisis. So even though we have a leader that is uh, not the best example of a leader, We have many, many others that have risen and many, many organizations and associations around Brazil that are doing their best to help those that need the most. Thank you for your invitation and thank you for, for listening for us. Thank you very much. So uh, take care. Take care. So that's it, folks, for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. First of all, I would like to say thank you to all of my guests. Of course, Magda and Paulina from Poland, Miguel and Eduardo from Spain, Luciano from Brazil and Matthias from Colombia. It has been a pleasure talking to you. I hope you stay safe. And uh, now I would like to point out as well that this podcast is, of course, work in progress. The sound is, of course, not that nice and I don't even want to talk about my English skills. But uh, anyways, please let me know whether you enjoyed this episode. Write me a message or whatever. Uh, make sure to subscribe and enjoy the rest of your day. Adios, amigos.